You are listening to Jai Long and this is Make Your Break, episode number 53. Today I'm talking with James Simmons. He is a wedding photographer based in Western Australia if you don't know who he is. He is absolutely incredible and I've known him for a few years now as our paths have crossed whilst teaching workshops and things like that. So just to give you an idea of how good he is, I jumped on his website here and he has a list of awards. So 2018 International Wedding Photographer of the Year by Single Capture Category Winner. 2018 WPPI third place wedding division, wedding couple together, wedding day. 2017 AIPP wedding photographer of the year. 2015 rangefinder WPPI second place wedding day couple together. I don't know what any of these awards mean, but it seems like a big deal. So, you know, why not have him on the show so he can share some of his expertise with us all. So before we dive into today's show, I want to remind you guys about the six-figure business map that's coming out again. Enrollment opens on the 21st of September. So I highly, highly recommend you put that in your calendar, jump over to my website, which is jialong.co, and join the mailing list. The people on the mailing list are going to be invited to a free workshop on the 21st of September, and it's all about how to build a six-figure business as wedding photographers. So if you're interested in that, and you want to take your business to another level, and you want help doing it, then you should jump in there. I do want to say the six-figure business map is only open for enrollment a few days a year, and we are absolutely limiting the amount of people that can actually sign up as well because I just can't give my time to too many people. So there's a big limit on there. It will be sold out. So if you do miss this time, it most probably won't open until 2021. So it's a big deal. Now, before we get started, I want to read out a listener's review. I've been getting lots of reviews these last couple of weeks, which is great. It means you guys are starting to listen all over again. I did have a bit of a dip in listeners whilst the COVID was happening, and I realized as people are going out of routine, people stop listening to podcasts and reading books and things like that, and, you know, they put their attention somewhere else. But routine is one of those things, you know, you need to make sure you keep showing up keep educating yourselves, keep getting inspired and getting out of those ruts as well. So this one here is a really good one from my friend Al in the United States. I can't stress enough how motivating, inspiring, relatable and all around entertaining Jai is. I am new to wedding photography and I feel as though he's given me a cheat sheet for how to grow my business the most effective way. Not only this, but his words have a kind of rawness that makes me feel like I'm connecting with him, not just a scripted version. I have learned so much from his business map course, but these podcasts are absolute gold and I'm amazed at his generosity for sharing such fantastic information with the world. Thank you, Jai. And P.S. Your accent is honey to my ears. Thank you so much for that huge review. I really do appreciate it. If you haven't left me a review yet and you find lots of value in my podcast, seriously, jump over to the Apple Podcast app or iTunes and you can leave a review there. And who knows, maybe I'll be reading your review out on the next episode. So let's not waste any more time. Let's dive in, talk to James, see how he's going and I'll see you soon. Hey, so I'm here with James Simmons. I met James quite a few years ago over in Western Australia and I think it was at Common Folk. So I was at a workshop 
and um, we kind of just hit it off. I love his work. I love his approach, his style and everything. So I'm excited to bring him onto the show today. So, hey, James, how are you? Good, Jai. Thanks for having us, mate. It's been a long time coming, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's been a couple of years. Last time I probably saw you was at Common Folk as well. Yeah. Um, So you're over in Western Australia. How is everything over there at the moment? Hey, look, we've been really lucky over here. Um, I think everyone kind of um, bunkered down at the very beginning and and we're pretty fortunate to get the whole COVID thing a little bit under control at least, uh, enough to release a few restrictions to uh, allow some normality on this side of the country, which has been pretty forgiving. Mm. Yeah, man. It must feel nice that like Perth is literally the, uh, the most isolated city in the world, isn't it? And um, it must feel pretty good right now in a time like this. <laughs> yeah, finally getting some perks out of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so true, man. So tell me a little bit and tell the listeners a little bit about your journey to become the photographer you are at the moment, which I would say, you know, you're an industry leader, you teach at workshops, you get flown around, you shoot so much stuff. I want to know, like when you first started out, like how did you make your break? Like how, what were you thinking when you first grabbed the camera and were like, I can do this? Yeah, it was a long time coming, I think. Um, I kind of was really interested in photography um, back in the day um, when I was living down in the southwest, surfing, just being a, a grommet, just running amok, um, you know, exploring the coastline with friends. Uh, part of that process was, you know, taking photos of each other so we could see the waves that we caught. Uh, and I guess the competitive drive there to get the best waves in front of the camera and then, you know, take turns doing that was a bit of a catalyst, um, you know, and looking through those magazines and ste- seeing the still image was really infatuating and that's where I got hooked. I was pretty fortunate. Uh, my mum was a photography teacher at one point when I was a real little kid. So I'd, I'd been around it for quite a while, you know, and seen the dark room and, and seen the magic that um, that, is, that evolves in the dark room. Um, so there was always the intrigue. Uh, but it wasn't until I came back from traveling around the world and I still had the big question of, you know, what am I going to do with the rest of my life, you know, after previously studying in viticulture and doing a few other things. Uh, it was um, a case where I'd come back from working on the mines at one point and went surfing with a friend and, and snapped my arm completely in two and it was just like the worst <laughs> break you can imagine. So it was something I had to deal with and, and I guess it was kind of an unlucky break but a pretty fortunate one because it's pointed me in this direction. You know, I couldn't really do manual labour for about 12 months while I was doing rehab on my arm. So I decided to go back to uni and, and study. And the only things I was really interested in was, you know, photography and film and video. So I did a double major in those. Uh, and while I was studying, uh, I, was, I was looking around for the sort of work I could get in the industry and came across a, a f- um, wedding um, portrait studio and teed up with them and sort of cut my teeth really with them and did a bit of an apprenticeship there. And, you know, got my numbers up, you know, saw what, what the commercial reality was like of running a big studio, um, you know, shooting, you know, maybe eight sessions on a weekend and, you know, trying to drive that hustle, you know, on the phones, trying to get people to book in and just that it was a real old school way of kind of working, um, real in-person sales sort of stuff. So I kind of started to work out 
what I liked about it and what I didn't like about it. But I had that influence from the uni degree being kind of art-based and then that commercial reality of working in the studio. So I got a good um, – or got, got good exposure from both sides of the plate there. Uh, but I, I think I worked there for about five years and in that time I, I realised that there was things that I definitely wanted to do myself in my own way and in my own style um, and, and branch out. Uh, and, it, and it took me, you know, probably 12 months of psyching myself up to it and talking to other professionals and other small business owners about, you know, making the leap into my own business because that was the scariest thing. It's just like, how are you going to, you know, make money? How are you going to get clients? Like if you, you know, when, when does it start? When does it stop? And I was pretty fortunate where I kind of weaned myself off the studio, um, went down to a few days a week, uh, even started um, teaching at um, ECU in Mount Lawley, just taking some tutorial classes there, teaching um, the people there, you know, basic Photoshop sort of skills and stuff. So that kind of helped me with um, the public speaking side of things and getting that sort of confidence up as well. Um, and gradually just started booking my own weddings while I was um, pulling back at the studio and then eventually, um, you know, probably after four or five months, just pulled the pulled the pin and, and went solo. I think I still had a few weddings for that studio um, in the following 12 months working um, for myself that I committed to the studio because I wanted to do the right thing by them and make sure I just didn't leave them in the lurch. Uh, and, and do the right thing by the clients that I'd met as well. Um, but that transition, it was a gra- more of a gradual one, so it was a nice little shoe-in to it. And in that time, it gave us the, the, the options to kind of explore what systems I need to implement and play around with a few um, bits of software that seemed to tick the right boxes and in regards to you know being able to be organised with all your bookings and, and client data and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then it just freed us up to be able to kind of do my own thing and start, you know, marketing my own work and, yeah, really getting to play and, and um, you know, spreading my wings and, and uh, yeah, doing it for myself. How did it feel like when you decided to actually go go out there and do it yourself? You know, like marketing for yourself and stuff and like creating your own system and like, yeah, just diving in, I guess. Yeah, well, that was probably the most exciting part of it all was really figuring out what the things that you're going to bring in and um, experimenting with you know, different systems and, and figuring out what works for you and, you know, learning how to set up a website and, and you know, working with designers and trying to get logos and branding right. I mean, that's, that's kind of all the really exciting stuff of, of starting a business. The hard bit is, is like mm. doing it over and over and over again and, when your emails go down trying to figure out how the hell <laughs> get to get that to work again and those frustrations that come into it. But, um, yeah, the, the start of it's kind of the exciting, fun bit. Yeah, it really is, isn't it? Like I think for me, like I've started so many businesses, especially lately, but it really is the first two years that I love the most. Like, And I think I love when I don't know how the hell it's going to work. Like I love how it's like a puzzle for me and then I've got to work out how to like, you know, crack the code. Because you can see everyone doing it around you, but how can I do it for me kind of thing? That's it. You've got that certain amount of adrenaline rush when you're, when you're trying something for the first time, when, you know, you know the result, you don't, well, you don't know what the result's going to be. So you're just kind mm. of pushing it and just 
I mean, you've got to be able to have fun with that sort of stuff. Otherwise, fear would prevent you from doing anything. You know, the fear of failure would stop you right there. So to be able to kind of see it for what it is and be open to those failures and, and just use them as stepping stones as or platforms for success, I guess, and growth. Um, that's probably the most important thing when you're starting. I think like I'd like to talk to you today about like creativity and um, I think, you know, over the years I've been fortunate enough to, like I call some of my closest friends, like the, they're the best wedding photographers in the world. Like I'm, I'm friends with, you know, a lot of the best wedding photographers in the world. And when I say best, I'm talking like the most successful, the most desired photographers with, you know, travel around and do whatever. But what I find everyone has in common is everyone that's at that level where you know, people love what they do and, you know, they are successful. They don't mind failing and they always treat it like, not like a game, but they always have so much fun with it. Like they, they allow themselves to get creative and just to play almost. Yeah, absolutely. I think playing or allowing yourself to play in your business and in in your work is one of the most important things to, to be able to drive creativity um, it's it's where our imagination gets to run wild, I suppose. You know, you a kid when they're playing in the backyard, you know, they're just in mm. a different world where their imagination is just limitless. Um, allowing yourself to try and channel some of that is so important because that's where we start to get curious and ask questions and, and we're open to just to seeing what happens. Um, and... That doesn't happen without um, a fair bit of um, acceptance of, of failure, I suppose, and, you know, making peace with that, you know, trying something. If it doesn't work, it doesn't matter. You just go again um, and you just don't do the thing that you did before. Um, and that, you know, and that's mm. you know, where playing really helps, you know. It, it helps with, you know, the way that you learn because you do make those mistakes Um but it's also important to allow yourself to have a bit of fun when you play, right? When you think of playing, you're thinking about having a good time. Um, and usually when you're having a good time, you don't worry about things so much. Um, so you just give it a red hot crack and, and see what happens and you, you're happy just to be part of the process. Mm. Um, but it also allows yourself to have the full function of that process. You know, you no longer... Uh, really concerned with the ultimate results and you're kind of allowing yourself to go through that process in full without being stuck by fear of failure or or have that um, performance anxiety, I suppose. Uh, like you might, you know, I guess on, on a wedding when there's a critical moment um, and you need to just get stuff, there's a bit of a stress factor where, okay, let's just make sure we get something. Um I think if you're allowing yourself to play, you know, you're not so worried about the ultimate end result um, and you're not scared about, you know, maybe screwing up a little bit. So there's a bit of give and take. There's times to play and there's times to just knuckle down and do something you've done before as well. But I think allowing yourself to play is, is the only way that you find unique situations and you're open to um, – things that become unique in that, that particular situation you find yourself in. Um, you know, if you go in with fixed ideas because you need to nail something, you know, you tend to get, you know, similar results as of what you've always got. Um, but if you can have a mindset that's open to, to 
you know, that, that play mm. that you can really lock into, um, that's where I find you can get some really um, individualised results or, or, you know, um, just, you know, new authentic stuff for, for the people that you're working with or, or whatever you're trying to create. So it's it's a big thing for me. Yeah, man. I think um, like you would have seen myself over the years, like I'm always kind of like playing with marketing and new business ideas and doing things differently. And it's interesting because a lot of people always ask me, you know, like how did that work or how did you learn how to do this and that? But everything that I do is literally always playing. And the reason why I can step out and try something different is because the way I see it, it's like that. And I don't care of like the judgment or like, I don't do it unless it's fun, basically. And I think, you know, like with wedding photography or with business, and I see these two completely the same to me because I, I find them both equally as fun. I only do what's fun on both sides of the fence there. So like for my business, I don't wake up in the morning and do things that I don't enjoy. And if I don't enjoy it, I outsource it or I change it. But the same as my wedding photography, man, like when I shoot in a wedding, I definitely, I'm always looking at like a new way I can approach something or how, you know, how I can just have so much fun on a wedding day that at the end of the day, I'm, I can't believe I just got paid for that. And even though I've shot like five, 600 weddings, I still literally do that at every wedding. I'm like, nice. Like that was just a fun day of just hanging out playing basically. Oh man, I'm so big on that too. Cause it's, it's almost like, you know, you can you can almost turn your weaknesses into strengths there as well. You know, you, mm. and by weaknesses, I might I, I mean things like just like things you don't enjoy or the things that you don't like fun. Like, you know, I hate writing emails. You know, so I've, I've figured out a system where you know lots of common questions. I've got template answers for them. So it's you know oh, what's going to answer it. That'll do. You know, maybe customize a little bit, but you're not stuck and weighed down writing things from scratch. You know, I mean, that's just a simple example. But you know, things like um, what, what did, when I started, I had I had one prime lens. I had a 50 mil, a little plastic, fantastic, um, and I think I had a, a walk around like a 24 to 105 or something like that. And um, by just having that that 50 mil, that plastic little 1.8 lens on, and that restricted you know like the weakness there was like not having a full set of kit but you know i've turned that into a strength because now i still use the 50 today like well not that one but i think that one's broken in two bits or three bits or something but you know the 50 mil lens length um you know is is my favorite now and all my close-up portrait work everything is is shot on a 50 all my detail stuff is shot on a 50 and you know, being able to shoot majority of the, the day with like two lenses, you know, you're not weighing yourself down trying to switch lenses and you're taking out that complication of, you know, which lens length is going to be right for this situation. You know, you've just honed in on that and it's what I like to use and it makes the process fun. So, <laughs> you know, little tweaks. I love that you say, yeah, I love that you say like you're taking away the complication and I think wedding photography and bringing it back to business as well, like our businesses as wedding photographers, so much of us like overcomplicate everything because we see, we always see the new thing, right? Like, I don't know how many times people have told me in the last like three years that I have to buy an 85 mil for portraits because it'll be a game changer or, you know, I have to do whatever the next thing is. And what people don't realize is like, for me, I don't really play with like more gear or like change things up in that sense, because I love restrictions. And the more that I put myself in a small box where like, 
it's so hard for me to work the more creative I become because I don't have gear that I have to learn or I don't have like, you know, other little things. Like in, in my business, I don't have a new strategy. I know what marketing I like and then I can just like play on that and then come up with a whole new idea that I never even thought like was possible, you know? Yeah, that's it. I mean, if you've got every option in the book, um, you know, it's almost harder to start anything because, you know, where do you even start, right? Um, yeah, simplifying things is, is definitely got to be the key because there's there's so many different things that are involved in photography and business, um, you know, just narrowing it down and just doing being really good at certain things can be quite a key. I mean, the other the other week, um, we had a full week of playing with a bunch of um, other photographer friends down in the southwest. We hired a big house, just allowed ourselves to kind of just be present, live in the moment, forget about you know which way the wedding industry is going, forget about the, you know what's happened in the past, and we just enjoyed it. Every each other's company. We brought down some weird old film cameras, um, you know, and just just used like just grab I just grab a camera with a lens on that one day and, and just see what we could create um, just with that and you know having that freedom to not worry about you know the the downside of, of you know not having something in particular or anything like that it's super freeing so yeah similar with business I guess you know if you can hone into things that you enjoy doing and have fun with those and and um, you know, make, make those things uh, a, a bigger success in your business. It's going to be better than probably spreading yourself across a whole bunch of stuff that you, you kind of hate doing. Hey, do you have any tips on like when people, you know, they listen to us talking about like playing a little bit and, and stuff like that, like do you have any tips on getting more creative? So like for myself, like, you know, one of my tips is to give myself more space and do less things. And the less that I do, the more I think. And the more I think, the more I go on tangents with my thoughts and I get more creative. But if I'm working all the time, I get so far away from from that space, which makes it harder for me to, you know, get creative or make an impact or create great, great work or get my stuff out there because I'm just hustling. I find um, sometimes, especially with personal work, I've struggled to um, really decide on it, pursuing an idea that I thought mattered or said something. And for a long time, that prevented me from almost doing anything. And what I realized just recently, sometimes you just need to pick a couple of things and just start, even with without any idea whatsoever, just that process that you start you start you start looking at light all of a sudden and you put yourself in a situation where something can be created and often the ideas develop in that process um, and as you start working and as you start seeing and as you start doing um, a lot of those concepts can start to develop and manifest themselves and um, all of a sudden it could just be something you latch onto whether it's aesthetically or you know the, through that collaboration um, someone said something and it spurs on an idea that then, you know, evolves into something that is a bit more genuine, a bit more authentic or a, a bit more worthwhile, I suppose, can happen in front of you. So just getting out there and doing stuff, even without, a, a you know, a clear objective, I think is, is 
gold. There's a um, great video on YouTube with Jack White and um, he was in the White Stripes. He's a musician and he talks about how like, you know, we all beat ourselves up with having, trying to have like inspiration and feeling motivated and feeling inspired, but not every day the clouds are going to open up and the rays of sunlight's going to come down and we're just going to feel inspired. And sometimes you just need to get to work. And when you get to work, you don't know what's going to turn into it. And then at the end of it, you might go like, well, that's actually pretty good. And I think it's so true with, you know, if we haven't creative blocks in any aspects of like business, photography, life or anything, like for me, it's so true. I just get to work. And as soon as I get to work, the ideas, you know, come to me and then I'm in a space where things can actually happen. Did you know optimizing the copy on your website can help allow your traffic to fall in love with your brand, get you a much higher conversion rate and get you more traffic from search engines? I've been using Pepperstone Media for years, so I know what good copy can do. If this is one piece of the puzzle your business is lacking, I am giving you $100 US off a Pepperstone copywriting package so you too can have killer copy that converts on your website. Just use the code MAKEYOURBREAK. For all the information, head over to jialong.co forward slash pepperstorm. That's jialong.co forward slash pepperstorm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even in business too, like to be sitting there frustrated with a big list of things to do going, oh my God, this is going to be painful and I'll start chipping away at an email and then I'll, I'll just have a random idea about some marketing thing that you know, I hadn't even really thought about, you know, just, just while I'm at work, I'm always all over the place when I work. So, um, I'll just, I'll jot that down. And, but you know, if I, if I was sitting on the couch, you know, just chilling, like I wouldn't have that idea. So yeah, getting those brainwaves working and, you know, can definitely spur on other things for sure. I think it's also really good to, um, to jam with people on the same wavelength. Like you just said, you spend a week with people that are like-minded and, you know, they can, you just come up with ideas. It's not even the reason why you're doing it, but you can come up with so many different ideas and you're allowing yourself to play. Just before this podcast, I was I was doing a mentor session for a family photographer and at the end of the hour, like I was mind blown with how many ideas we both came up together, which we both would never have came up separate. And it was because we're on the same wavelength and then we could build off each other's ideas. And I think it's so good just to open up and have a conversation, you know, with people around you that are in that same kind of frequency, I guess, like same kind of thought patterns. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm very blessed to have a big bunch of mates, you know, from that common folk, folk crew um, that are super like-minded. And, you know, if the week that we spent, you know, was, wasn't, meant to be like a big brainchild on, on how to make our businesses better or anything like that. But it was a good exercise in self-love and, and, you know, mental health really, just being present by other people who you enjoy being around and, you know, probably just, you know, deepening those friendships and, and just talking about everything but business and photography was was pretty refreshing as well so you know you kind of come back into business feeling quite refreshed after having that a little bit of time away um, from it rather than obsessing about it 24 7 um i think that's that's pretty that's pretty essential a little holiday every now and then (laughs) oh man yeah I, i like i'm the biggest believer in it like seriously 
It's, it's so interesting when I look over my career, like the more time I've taken off, the more money I've made, the more impact I've made, you know, the more people I've helped. And um, even like this podcast, like it all came about because I took six weeks to road trip up to Byron Bay and go to Splendor in the Grass and just do nothing. I was just listening to podcasts and things like that. But from that six weeks that I had off to this six weeks, which is like 12 months later and it's pandemic, I've made more money, I've impacted more people um, than I'll ever have in my whole life. And it blows my mind because that would have never happened for me until I take time off. Does that make sense? Like I need to always like clear my mind, have that self-love, reassess, um, allow my mind to just like turn off for a while and then I start at ground zero and allow myself to build back up, I guess. Yeah, just having that clarity. I think you can come back from those those trips away just with it, such a clear mind and and things all of a sudden will just connect and, and make sense. And, you know, it might have been a, a bit of a jumbled thought or a bit of a stress before you went away. And I don't know, you can just look at things with so much more clarity after kind of moments like that. So, yeah, no, it's quality. Well done to you. That sounds insane. <laughs> <laughs> man it's seriously like one of those things um crazy for me it is insane but um i always think about it because i go for like an hour walk every day just to think about my thoughts and i think about how my thoughts like the only thing stopping me from anything that i want to do is like the, my thoughts that i have right now are, are, are jumbled and they're not in the right order and there's something there's like a way i've got to like unlock this you know that this like scrambled egg basically and then like make something out of it um but it's so interesting because every day all I'm doing is I'm brainstorming and I'm practicing creativity and then I get that clarity and then I can create something that is just almost next level. I'm like, I don't even know how anyone could get to this stage until, until you give yourself that space. So I'm such a big believer in it, man. And I know like for myself, the only thing stopping me from any kind of success I want from my whole life is just like the ideas are there, but I need to work out how to like creatively put them in order, I guess. If that makes sense. Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> I think um, what else was really refreshing too, hanging out with the crew down south, was um, just witnessing other people's creative processes. Mm. You know, we're all obviously taking turns photographing each other and doing weird things with weird cameras and whatnot and, you know, being on the other side of the lens as well and um, and, and just, just witnessing, you know, some other creative geniuses just at work or, at play, I should say, like because no one was really expecting to produce, you know, pure gold or anything, but just seeing them um, kind of bear their souls in in a really vulnerable state, you know, you know when they are just just seeing what happens, um, just was really cool. Mm. Yeah, and it, it was almost like giving myself a new lease on um, or new license to to go and play and just see what happens. And, I feel like, you know, when we do start shooting a few more weddings again, um, I'll go into them with a slightly different point of view, you know. Definitely probably be a little bit more relaxed about everything as well just from those sessions. Yeah, man. I think sometimes um, like a community like Common Folk has brought a lot of people together, but it also gives people permission to go out and camp together so it gives them a reason. But I feel like sometimes like we need to – sort of just say out loud like you got to give permission to everyone that they can they don't have to sign up to a workshop to learn they don't have to sign up to you know an event or wait for something like that they can create something themselves and you know go away with a bunch of artists and create some work or just like you're saying drink some wine or do something like that and a lot of us forget because we think someone needs to orchestrate it but it can be us as well 
Oh, 100%. Yeah, I mean, this this crew are literally just a bunch of mates and nothing was organised. So, yeah, it's just being able to surround yourself by like-minded people was probably the key, you know. I mean, I've, so I spent the weekend hanging out with um, some mates that work in the beer industry, you know, and just talking about ideas for, you know, maybe doing, you know, some one-off brews that then can we can um, partner with like someone that's good at design and, and marketing and do a little pop-up and um, all these creative ideas for just little pop-up businesses and side hustles, you know, started to, to come about just over a few few cheeky pints, um, you know, f- with people in, in completely different industry to myself. So, um, yeah, just, I don't know, having, yeah, a community that, that is in kind of business doesn't matter if it's photography, but you can always kind of borrow those ideas from other small businesses or, you know, you know, have some sort of crossover. I mean, small businesses, they all need content in this day and age. So being able to collaborate with mates in other small business areas, uh, you know, and, and almost have that barter system or um, what is it, contra, contra deals going, you know, that that's still of value and, and, you know, you start to stretch yourself out outside of your own genre a little bit. Um, we're going to do work for a, for a guy that wants to establish a brewery soon and, and um, you know, he, he likes my style of work um, and he wants to see it applied to um, people, process and machinery um, to become, you know, part of uh, potentially part of the labels for his, for his beer brand and stuff like that. So, um, you know, finding little opportunities like that is always, always fun and, um, different and it can be a bit of a refresher you know you, you might not um, you know make a million dollars or anything out of it but it's you kind of use your influence and and, and get that experience from from outside um, and then when you can go back into your weddings and you, you take that experience with you damn so yeah, man. I was actually talking to you a few years ago about how you might one day start yourself your own brewery. <laughs> and um, I've got some friends actually that have just started a brewery up in northern New South Wales, up in Byron Bay. And I've been watching the whole process for the last 24 months. It's been incredible. And they're literally going to launch like in the next week or two. And um, it's amazing seeing like it all flourishing and coming together. But tell me about that dream. Like, do you reckon you'll ever jump into, you know, bringing everything you've learned from this industry or from like wedding photography um, and those entrepreneurial skills that you have to apply somewhere else and like play a little bit more with, you know, different ideas? Yeah, I would never say never, um, but it is for me brewing beers is a, a bit of a hobby. Um, well, mm. The drinking is aspect of it as well is a bit of a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure that I've probably got the the right contacts at this point in time to like dive into that. I'd, I'd need a, a, a longer, bigger think about the business plan and strategy to get into that that space. Um, but I'm happily supportive of friends that are, that are going that way, um, and I'm loving seeing that. Um, but you know. I don't know, 10, 15 years down the track, I might, might want to change tune and chime in on that aspect. But for now, it's just a, a really nice release. On a Sunday, I can hang out with my mate Paul Jarvis and, and go and brew some beers and talk about other stuff, you know, and it's just a bit of a relief. And, um, you know, it's a 
different creative process, you know, writing the recipes and then, you know, making sure everything's perfect, you know, the way it all comes together and then you've got an end result. So it's not unlike photography with, you know, the setup and what you need to do and your idea and and then the process and then you've got an end result. So um, just a slightly different outcome. (laughs) But, um, yeah. Do you get like a little bit scared thinking about starting all over again and, and like starting that hustle all over again and a new idea and everything? Like what scares you the most right there? Oh, yeah, that's it's immensely scary. Just like starting the photography business the first time, it's the thoughts of you're in over your head, you know, how can you financially survive it, all that stuff. I mean, but as, as long as you do your homework and, and start to really do all the sums and, and figure out a plan of how it will work, you know, once you educate yourself there, things become less scary, right? Like the whole idea of shooting a wedding when you're a uni student is mm. pretty overwhelming. But then when you start to break it down and it's like, well, you know, it's a little bit of, you know, portrait photography, it's a little bit of photojournalism at this point, then it's, you know, a little bit of fashion, then it's like commercial photography, do, do a few like, you know, um, little um, still life shots. You break it down into those things and all of a sudden you can see the skill set, understand them, be across them, and, and all of a sudden it's not as open. So I can understand that, but um, yeah, yeah. At the moment, I'm um, just still pushing to um, to beef up what I've got going at the moment. I'm um, in this downtime. I'm looking at my own, you know, website and upgrading that, and going going through a bit of a, a branding strategy process, and um, looking at launching a website hopefully early next year. Uh, and that's going to involve probably a, a bit more, a bit more content. So something I've neglected a lot, um, but I, I do like you know creating content. I'm not a video maker by any means, so a fair bit of it will be you know outsourced or, or, or lending on a few friends or lending on a few friends. Um, but I want to create um, a website that's got. A lot of info for clients, you know, like simple things like how to tie, tie a bow tie effectively, you know, how many times have you been to a prep and the guys are mm. sitting there for 45 minutes? Yeah. yeah. Everyone's on YouTube. Being able to yeah. Be a, like a one stop <laughs> shop for mm. a lot of that information will be pretty cool, but just doing it in a fun way, like an online magazine sort of style or something like that. Um, yeah. So I want to work on that. That's going to take a fair bit of effort and time. Um, and also, you know, kind of learning how the, the wedding industry is changing over here, which would probably be a good benchmark for how it eventually evolves when Melbourne's restrictions start to lift eventually. Um, you know, I've, I've found that the people that want big weddings, um, they're still holding off at this point. Um, but if people are happy to, to cut down their guest list by half, and only have their West Australian friends and family come along. They're happy to have smaller weddings, which often means a slightly reduced budget. Not always, but um, what it has allowed is potentially more room for photography. Um, People know that half their friends and family are going to miss their weddings, so the the reliance on, on good photography and video has kind of gone up. And I feel like there's, there's has been a certain amount of small weddings that maybe were never even contemplating having 
you know, photos or video that now are because their friends and family can't make it. So, you know, while there's maybe a, a kind of low-end uptake, there's kind of a rise of this smaller-style wedding and a reduction in the bigger wedding, it's probably probably means that, you know, in the next couple of years at least, we might have to shoot more smaller weddings, um, you know, two or three weddings on a weekend rather than just one big one to kind of make the same amount of money. So trying to trying to play with those ideas and get my head around um, how that we- the wedding industry will look and being open to that change um, while not trying to shoot yourself in the foot and just think that everyone's going to have a tiny wedding. Um, but being open to that and, and trying to figure out figure out a price list that works for people totally. in that space. Um, yeah, so that's my first priority before the brewery. <laughs> I have a like a business course called the Six Figure Business Map and it's for wedding photographers. And um, like right now, like I've been just getting in there like on, into people's businesses. It's actually amazing. Like I'm getting so much inspiration from everyone that's in there because – Everyone's pivoting so fast and everything's changing so fast, but so many people are missing out. So there's so many more people now not getting any bookings and then other people getting like smashed with bookings. And it just comes down to like how fast you can pivot, change, uh, what you can offer that's completely different to anybody else where people believe you're the only person that has it or can do it. Um, so there's so many things in there. So, I mean, like one like a good example here is like if – if on your website, like you want to create tons more video, if you also offered a really good streaming service. So, um, you know, if people came to you and you said like, Hey, I've also got a DSLR, I can set that up and we can, I've got all the software. I can plug it straight into zoom. It will be recorded so people can watch it later. But then, you know, everyone at home, they can sit there and actually watch it in good HD with good audio with lapel mics and all that kind of stuff and be involved. And you can actually create a landing page on your website that embeds that video that also creates a bit of a customer um, experience. Like for example, it could have like cocktail menu or something of things that are happening at the, um, at the wedding or like a playlist, the wedding playlist, or there's so many things that you could create right there through something like that. And if you did do that, no one else is doing anything like that because they're just not even thinking that far ahead. And you become the person that the only person um, that can offer something like that, you know? So it's like, so good to find, I mean, that's just one tiny little idea, but so good to find like your little niches and getting creative where you could be booking more work now than ever before because it's a different market and the and there's no one servicing that market, if that makes sense. Well, that's it. You've just got to identify the changes and, and, and what's different in this day and age, right? And I think all the weddings that I've shot over COVID, all the, the small little 10 people kind of weddings, they all had some sort of live streaming going on to their, you know, friends and family and crew, you know, and I mean that that, that stuff gets pretty messy, like, trying to figure out live streaming and, and get that getting that to work so yeah if you offered a service that did something like that as well geez that would be a, a big bonus yeah value adds that's what we yeah need. man yeah i mean yeah there's so many things and like especially if it's a value add if like people like if you give the problem like you know don't let your friends and family trying to stream this online and you might not be able to record it and to We've got a whole pack here that's got like an internet dongle. It's got the website. We'll send a link to your guests on a nice email. Like if you can provide a service like that, like what would that, what value would that bring someone? So much value when someone can't fly to Perth to like attend that wedding, you know? 
yeah, it gets me it gets me excited like thinking about I mean that's just playing just like thinking new ideas on like how we can make the best out of a situation that we dealt with instead of dwelling on what doesn't work anymore and what has changed and how it's never going to go back to the way it was and and all that kind of stuff that we hear a lot from a lot of people. Yeah, that's it. You've definitely got to be pretty optimistic to even have a mindset to, to allow yourself to think of those sorts of ideas for sure. Yeah. If- you're dwelling on, you know, or if you're depressed on how things used to be, you're never going to be able to take, make the most of the moment you're in for sure. Um, yeah, it's been exciting times for us over in Victoria in like full lockdown right now. And um, it can be hard. It can be hard because you have to sort of check yourself. You know, you got to remember this is not going to last forever and you have to come up with new ideas and new ways and, and reach out to people in totally different ways. But it's all doable and um, I'm really jealous of watching everyone in Western Australia doing all the fun things while I'm sitting in my room, can't even leave the house. Yeah, that's got to be pretty brutal. <laughs> but you also can't. It's so brutal. <laughs> you also can't beat yourself up for not being productive with what you guys are going through as well, you know, because that can probably start to get pretty depressing too if you catch yourself watching Netflix or something like that and um, you start to beat yourself up about that. But I wouldn't, yeah, people, you can't stress about that as well, right? Like getting the anxiety of not being productive is, can be a bit of a killer too, right? Yeah, I think everyone deserves a bit of downtime, especially during the tough times. So, yeah, you've got to balance it. Yeah, I believe that. Um, James, where can we find you if you want to check out your work and say hello? Um, Instagram's pretty hot these days, I've heard. <laughs> no, um, my Instagram's just James Simmons Photography. Um, that's pretty much where all my most recent stuff goes up. My, my blog's uh, looking a little bit dusty at the moment, ready for a big revamp. Um, but yeah, just in all the usual. Now's the time. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. But yeah, if you've got any questions or anything like that, hit us on um, Instagram. Um, yeah, slide into the DMs and um, I'll, I'll send you a reply. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to my audience and bringing so much value and insight and everything like that, man. It's been so good having you on the podcast. Yeah, it's a real pleasure, mate. I appreciate what you're doing. Hey, you're going hard. So hats off to you, mate. Thanks for having us. Okay. That was an amazing interview of James. I also have so many more people coming up on the podcast over the next few months that you're going to be really excited about so please stay tuned and again if you haven't left me a review yet jump on over to the apple podcast app or itunes and leave me a review and i really 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 do appreciate it you've been listening to jaya long and james simmons and i'll see you next time spread the love and create opportunities for the people around you. Make Your Break is brought to you by Jai Long and produced at our in-house studio, Free the Bird Productions. We love creating opportunities for you and hope you'll share this podcast with your friends and loved ones. For more information on this podcast, our online courses, products, workshops, or just want to say hi, we're here for you at jailong.co.au.